In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, we might meditate briefly but deeply on what concretely it means that Jesus Christ is King. It means fundamentally that the Lord Jesus Christ has authority and power by right of his own self. He derives that right and power from no other thing but of his own self. When we see that he might separate the nations, sheep from goats, he does so not merely because he has power of his own self to do so, but right of his own self to do so. And we manifest our response to that kingship by hearing his voice and obeying his command. It is as he testified before the earthly power of Pontius Pilate, whoever hears the truth hears my voice. And so we hearken to his law and his command amidst the various tides of the ages in the world. We hearken to the command and the law of Christ, for he is Christ, the firstborn of the dead. And while that is clear enough and is the lifelong struggle for holiness, we find in our own particular age there can be a difficulty because the Lord Jesus Christ, after giving his divine law, said very little about uh, this is how you should organize to pave the roads uh, and, you know, this is how the police should be established. Much to my chagrin, he seemed to not care about taxes whatsoever, pay or don't pay, render unto Caesar, right? So his kingship can become confused in our own mind when we live in a place where the authority gains its power by the consent of the people, right? Our government professes to gain authority by the consent of the people, which is all well and good, but it begs a question. What if the people are confused? What if the people are tricked? What if the people are wrong or mistaken? What becomes then of the authority that derives its consent from the governed? If the governed are at each other's throats, it creates a certain crisis of authority. And I would submit to you that within this particular context, you might remember if you have read it, the great novel, A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. I first read that novel when I was in high school. I've read it about 15 times or so since then. It fascinates my mind. Some years ago, I saw two separate interviews from very prominent Hollywood directors who have made a number of prominent novels into movies. And they said, this was in the early 2000s, why don't you make A Brave New World into a movie? And they both, in separate interviews, responded identically, there's no need to, you're living it. In A Brave New World, the basic premise is society is organized by an absolute surveillance state that is predicated on pure material comfort. Now to witness, do you and I live in an absolute surveillance state? Yes. This ridiculous machine that I use to record my homilies and catch the, you know, 
scores of the sports games that don't matter at all to open it up. I simply stare my beautiful face at it and it opens, voila, so very convenient. Now, of course, my face has been datatized and blah de blah There's no way on earth that if I, you know, when, when they start coming after the church, which will happen eventually, I've got nowhere to go. They've got my face so dated I can't go out into the woods. Your deer camera will see me and send it to the federal government and I'm found All right. That's the way it is. And your Alexa and your smart TV and your camera and so on and so forth. I, I was listening to a podcast. Does anyone remember when podcasts were like, hey, this is my take on the world. I wonder if you would like it. Or YouTube was like fun videos of your family. Now it's like slick editing. and there, I mean, there's commercials for the love of heaven in there. So on this podcast is a commercial and it starts... Alexa will make your life better. That's exactly how it says. Quote, Alexa will make your life better. I don't know if she makes my life better, more convenient, maybe. And then the next thing is, their example is this gentleman who wants to have a conversation with Alexa about the pop singer Mariah Carey. Well, if you like Mariah Carey, more power to you. I don't care. That's how it's going to make my life better? You, I mean, it's insane. Now, people say, oh, what has happened? Well, we all might remember way back. Remember those dark days in 2001? 9-11 was horrible. And then all of a sudden, the federal government said we should have something called the Patriot Act and give the federal government right to surveil phone calls and uh, suspend habeas corpus and so on. And it passed with an almost unanimity in the Congress, right? And the, the governed were happy as larks about it. And when I would bring this question up, people looked at me like I was some kind of communist or so. Like, I don't know if we should give the government the right to suspend habeas corpus and listen to our phone calls. Oh, what do you have to hide? Well, 10 years later, WikiLeaks comes out. My God, can you believe they're listening to our phone? Yes. So we are in a happy materialist surveillance state, the primary effect of which is I don't even have to think about what I want to buy. I turn on the computer and it appears right before my face. And you know what? I love it. Now, I'm a celibate Catholic priest, so my shopping list is pretty short. It doesn't matter that much. They've dated me and monetized me and so on and so forth. They know what I want before I even want it. It is a miracle. And there's really nowhere to turn. Again. You certainly can't watch anything on TV. It's a total law. I don't care what cable news station you like. Like whichever one you want. It doesn't matter to me whatsoever. You don't get any news. You get people's opinion on the news. All right? And I won't go on about all the rest of the... You can't even hardly watch NFL football anymore. There's a flag every other play. And they even let uh, the surveillance state into the NFL. We have to have instant replay for a half hour, everything. All right. This is not a sermon of my personal gripes. I'll move on to more important things. You just live in that world. And they know everything about us, and they can find us at the drop of a hat, and we are happy as larks. And in the novel A Brave New World, they didn't forbid a single book. It's just that in that novel, no one read books at all because they were too busy. Now, this struck my mind a few years ago when I was um, giving talks to a lot of prominent uh, Milwaukee private Catholic high schools, right? One high school in particular, 98% of their graduates go on to college. 
They send no less than 10 graduates to the Ivy League every single year. Big deal, smarty pants. High school, they have this question and that. I say, oh, why don't you read this? And you know what I got as a universal reply when I said, why don't you read this? Oh, I don't really like to read. <laughs> okay, right? Have fun being the next cog in a technocrat society that will last longer or shorter. And my point in all of this is, that's the way the world is, so be it. Does that have anything to do with the kingship of Christ? It does not. What we must do is be wise. You can't watch anything on TV. It's all trash and garbage. Most of what you watch on YouTube is so heavily edited that even the good, that's the problem, even the good stuff on YouTube or podcasts or things like that, which is plenty of good stuff, don't get me wrong, plenty of good stuff, but it's all edited and you're probably watching it or listening to it while you're doing something else. Almost everyone I talk to, that I'm in the car, I'm mowing the... Great, fine, wonderful. That is not the same as when we make ourselves still and try to talk to God. When we read from our Bibles at least 15 minutes every day. When we try to have 20 minutes to half an hour of study every day. See, here's the power of a book. Once the book comes, you have to take it as it is. And you've got to gut through it start to finish. And the ideas of your mind must contend with those ideas. And if it's a good book, it'll have things like, you know, footnotes and so forth. Not novels, but you get the idea. And you must bend your mind to it and it to you. And that is where knowledge comes. And unshakable power. Again, everyone in our society is literate. You are not forbad from reading a single thing, and hardly anybody knows anything, except about what their particular profession is. I don't judge it. I don't know people's lives. I would encourage us to have no concerns or fears, because we can worship at the altar, spend time in prayer every day, read from our sacred scriptures, do some time of study, and know when the good God comes to look at us, he will ask us the questions always asked. Did you love the least? Did you feed the hungry one? Did you honor your mother and your father? Did you bless and not curse? Did you get hit on one cheek and turn the other? Did you forgive not seven, but 70 times, seven times? Did you weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice? And that's a lot of confidence and joy to know that that is the king to whom we must answer. The world will move on in all of its whatnot. Glory or pain, who knows what. We do not stand in that torrent, but live in the light of Christ. He who speaks the truth, we seek to hear it and will not be fooled by the glitter and the gold and the shades and the shadows of the world because we can worship and sing and be silent and pray and study and read and hear the voice of truth and know the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.